you know, my wife's always told me to be careful what I preach on. For instance, she always says, please do not preach on finances. She'll say, we'll be bankrupt next week. And y'all can understand, once the devil catches wind of the fact that you're actually going to um, preach on, on uh, you know, staying confident, he's going to be like, oh, you really mean that? Uh, so fortunately, I knew going into this message, it was not about, I want you to hear this, this message is not about self-confidence. This is about Christ's confidence. Uh, there's nowhere in Scripture, anywhere, you can look up the word uh, from Genesis to Revelation, there's nowhere in the Bible that it says you should be self-confident. There's nowhere. You won't find a scripture. If you do, I can promise you it's an isolated uh, set of words, and you haven't read the entire uh, book and seen the entire picture. But how many of you would agree that this life can quickly uh, disrupt your peace, steal your joy, and keep you from feeling confident? From living out, listen, you can't live out God's best without confidence. Because when we, when we aren't confident, we, we, walk, we, we, we live with a hesitation. Uh, I understand that because I've done that many, many a time. You know, the times that I feel really, really, really confident in the Lord are the times that I feel extremely confident. Um, but there's plenty of times where I'm like, listen, Lord, am I full of Craig or am I full of Christ? And um, I can tell you today, you know, don't let um, the fact that uh, this is the first time I've ever preached, not only with my spinal cord stimulator having been adjusted, but um, I actually have on a, um, I got a battery-operated heating pad. How many of y'all know there would ever be something like that? And it feels good, okay? Um, so I come in here today knowing that, that, that God wants me to elevate my weakness so that you can understand that this message is not about me, and my confidence is not in me. I believe God is wanting each of us to live with confidence, not just certain times, but, but all the time. And, and, and if you've ever been one of those people that you, you go, you know what, I, I got to get in a good rhythm, you know, to sort of feel a certain way, it's, all of us are that way. You either kind of feel in sync or you feel out of sync in life. Today, I want us to, to look at a passage of Scripture that God led me to. When I was first uh, feeling led to preach on this message, um, I really was planning on bouncing all around on, on certain things and concepts and principles in Scripture. But God sent me to Psalm 25, uh, where we read a passage written by a man named David, a man who was referred to as a man after God's own heart. But I want you to hear this about David. Here's what we know about David. David knew what it was like to feel and to be desperate in need of God's help, to know that he is the only heir that he had to breathe. David knew what it was like to feel in great distress. David knew what it was like to feel like everything and everyone was against him. And David knew what it was like to realize that, that he wasn't worthy of God's favor in light of all of his sin. And yet David had a confidence that very few others have, regardless of his past and regardless of his feelings. He had this confidence in the Lord that, that few ever discover. I want us to look at how David remained confident, because it's one thing to, to feel confident in a moment or to feel like, and you know, feel confident about this decision or, or where this is or where that is, but how do we remain confident? How do we stay confident? I want us to open up with prayer, if you bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that, Lord, as we open up your word, that you would speak to our hearts. Give us your peace. 
Lord, help us to have confidence in your purpose and your plan for our lives. God, I pray that you'd open every ear, every eye, and every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. This psalm, Psalm 25, it, 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 it uniquely um, points out seven key things that uh, David clung to for his confidence. That's the same thing that each of us have to cling to for our confidence. The first thing is this. Keep putting your confidence in the Lord. Keep putting your confidence in the Lord. The problem is, for all of us, since we're human, since we're um, uh, often driven by our feelings or our perspective or, or what have you, um, we put our confidence in the Lord sometimes on a Sunday morning, but Monday morning rolls around and we start dealing with the hillbillies. And uh, we, start, we start waking up to the same problems that we woke up to last Monday. And we feel unconfident. Why? Because we feel the weight of our circumstances. Why? Because we feel whatever distress is, is in the air. Listen, in life, there are many things that people put their uh, confidence in, their hope in. Some put their, their uh, hope and their confidence in money. You know, hey, if I got, if I got enough money in the bank, then I can feel confident. Trust me, some of the saddest people I've ever spent time with were some of the richest people I've known. When you don't have hope, it doesn't matter what's in your bank account. Sometimes we put our hope in government. And even before this season, you can't do that. You, you, You try to put your confidence in society, in others, in yourself maybe, your own abilities, and maybe your, your, your circumstances. You know, I've heard people before say, Pastor, you got to understand, I'm, I'm a self-made man or woman, and I, I'm, I'm used to putting things on my shoulders. Well, welcome to the, to the recovery club, okay? I used, to be able to, um, I used to be able to lift more than five pounds, and now I have to look at that five pounds and go, you know what, I probably should get someone else to touch that chair. It's frustrating, but it's also revealing of, of okay, am I going to put my confidence in me and what I can carry, or am I going to put my confidence in Christ? Listen, the key to staying confident is to keep trusting the Lord, is to keep your confidence fixated on an ever-changing God in your ever-changing situations. You know, it takes a while. If, you've, if you just came to Christ or you've been in Christ for years, once you get experience under your belt, you're going to realize it takes years. It takes a lot of experience sometimes to get to the point to where you quit trying to have a false confidence and you move to a real confidence. Where you quit trying to work for God. Instead, you believe that he's working on you, in you, despite you, through you, for you. You've got to keep your confidence in an ever-changing God in the midst of your ever-changing circumstances. Let's look at the first part of Psalm 25, verse 1 through 3. David says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. That is my very being. O my God, in you I have unwavering trust, and I rely on you with steadfast confidence. Do not let me be ashamed or my hope in you be disappointed. Do not let my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, none of those who expectantly wait for you will be ashamed. Those who turn away from what is right and deal treacherously without cause will be ashamed, humiliated, embarrassed. 
By the way, um, that just makes me think about revenge in our lives. Oftentimes, we want to take the revenge of, of, of okay, you know what, I'll, get, I'll set the record straight. I'll make things. I'll show you. I'll do this or that. When That's not our job. That's God's territory. Listen, here David speaking his faith out loud. Maybe you aren't like myself, but I, I'm somebody that um, if I'm in a real deep funk and season or a real time of seeking the Lord in-depthly, um, I like to journal. I know most guys would be like, my God, you, you must be weird. But I'm telling I journal because sometimes I need to write my prayer out. Sometimes I need to make sure that, that I've processed that and that I put that in God's hands. Listen, here David is saying, I have my unwavering trust in you. I rely on you, Lord, with my steadfast for steadfast confidence. Listen, those who trust in the Lord with all their heart, the scriptures are very clear. You will not be disappointed. You say, well, I am disappointed. I'm not talking about in life. You will not be disappointed in what God ultimately does despite your life. You will not be triumphed over. Why? Because the Lord himself will, will walk with you. He will go before you. He will defend you. But listen, those who, who faithlessly turn from God and rebel against God and choose to attack God's favored children, they will be humbled. They will be embarrassed. They will be taken down to size. You know, God's word is pretty clear. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. Thank God we, none of us reap what we sow if we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He, he forgives us, he redeems us, and he assures us that, that he's greater than our greatest sin. Listen, this is always the beginning point of confidence. You can write this down. Seeking the Lord, you have to seek the Lord, you have to listen and obey the Lord, okay? Because there's no sense for you to say that you're seeking the Lord if you're only seeking the Lord to hear what you want to hear or so that you can have God's blessing to do what you want to do. So you seek the Lord, you listen and obey the Lord, and you wait on the Lord. See, the, 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 the key to you walking with God is learning to wait on God instead of run ahead of him or lag behind him. When God says go, you go. When God says stop, you stop. You have to put your full trust in the Lord. But secondly, we see that David teaches us to keep our confidence. Keep letting God guide your steps. Keep letting God guide your steps. You hear me say this often. You got to keep taking the next right step. There's no more important step than the next step, than this step. Listen, when you know that you are seeking to trust God with every step and that you are seeking to let God guide your every step, you can stay confident knowing that God is walking with you. God is guiding you step by step. You didn't just create your own plans. God is guiding you and God is watching over you. There's, listen, there's a blessing that comes with putting things in God's hands. Psalm 25, verse 4 through 5, David says, Let me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you and only you, I wait expectantly all the day long. By the way, the person who recognizes that, that, that um, God is the God of their salvation is the person who says, listen, I don't want to give a portion of my life to him. I want to give all of my life to him because he's given all of his life for me. You're not sitting back saying, man, you know what? Uh, how can I live for me? No, how can I praise him more when I recognize what he's done? But he says, I wait expectantly all, all day long. 
Listen, the primary way that God speaks is through his word. You can't ever forget that. The number one way that God speaks to you and me is through his word. And Jesus says, anyone who builds a house or builds a life on, on the word of God, that person is building a life and they, they are building an a, 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 um, uh, endeavor in life on the solid rock. doesn't matter whether you're, it's about your family, your marriage, your business, whatever your pursuits in life, if it's not built on the rock, it's going to show up like sand, and it's going to be like quicksand, and it's going to take things down. Listen, the man or woman that let, lets God's truth lead them and guide their steps, the Bible says has nothing to fear. Why? Because we have put our faith in God and the truth found in his word. I want you to write this down that you've got to remember God's word is not just a book of direction, but is a book of promise. See, a lot of times all, all people do, they sum up Christianity as a bunch of do's and don'ts. I get it. I'm a preacher's son. I lived most of my faith life that way. I knew good and well. I knew how to get my get out of hell free card, okay? I knew who died for my hillbilly self. I knew good and well that, that you know, that I, I, I was supposed to do this, but I can't do that. And by the way, the church of many years past... I just say it the way it is, because some of you, you grew up in church. The church in the past was more known for what it was against than what God was for. Amen. See, if all you have is a, is a list of do's and don'ts, that's just religion. But if you have a relationship with God and a dependence upon God and a, and a healthy fear of the Lord, you understand that, that your life is to, to, to keep walking by faith and keep trusting God's word. Because listen, every, every aspect of truth that we know, the solid, such as the gospel of Jesus Christ and God's will for our lives, it comes from his word. You can't know God's will without knowing his word. Every time you learn one more scripture, your mind is renewed more and more. Your toolbox is, 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 is filled more with truth that can guide you. But thirdly, to stay confident, you got to keep resting in God's grace, love, and forgiveness. To stay confident, you've got to keep resting in God's grace, love, and forgiveness. Ever notice how Satan, the moment you feel like you took um, several steps forward, he likes to absolutely clamp down on you and be like, listen, you no good for nothing person. You don't get it right. You don't have anything good in you. And that's when you need to understand that the only good in you is the Christ in you. Listen, our salvation in Christ and our eternal relationship with God it does not rest, thank God, on our goodness, but God's goodness. We cannot have confidence over our sinfulness based on our good works. The Apostle Paul, he was very, very clear. He says, you know, it's by grace through faith alone that you're saved, not by works so that no man can, can boast. None of us in here are ever able to stand up and be like, listen, I saved myself. I was a saint from the moment I I woke up and, 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 you know, in my mother's womb. If that's you, you just aren't aware yet of your sin. Because the Bible says we've all fallen short. We all um, have sinned. Listen, we can't have confidence over our sinfulness based on our good works. Or, or if you want to kind of say our portfolio of works. You know, sometimes we want to sit back and think, okay, well, you know what? I just need my good to outweigh my bad. And then that way I can be a good person. No, listen, it is out of his loving kindness and his grace. We have been forgiven of sin. We are able to be called blood-bought children of God. By the way, to be called a child of God is a privilege. Amen. Is a privilege. 
We are able to know that God's grace, God's love, and God's forgiveness, listen, are always available through Jesus Christ. The reason why I'm always confident I can get right back to where I need to be is because I understand it is only through Christ, His grace and forgiveness, which is always available for me if I'm genuinely repentant of my sin and turning to Him, that I'm able to get past stuff. You know, I love the fact, listen, I mean, I'm going to just use me in my marriage. You know, um, I, I personally, um, I get, I've given my wife every reason over the many years to, to be like, listen, you know what, after I beat him, you know, I'm going to send him to, to the jailhouse. And, and honestly, you know, one of the things that moves me the most, it's just the truth to this day. I'm like, babe, you still forgiving my crazy behind? Okay? That's just, I, I, that might not be your story, but I'm telling you. I, I've, that's my story constantly. And my wife actually has compelled me the most over life because I'm going, I don't know if I could put up with me. Okay, some of you are like, I know, I know, I see. <laughs> but, but I say that intentionally. Listen, because um, that love compels my love. Okay, the fact that Christ always forgives you and throws your sin as far as the east is from the west ought to make you wake up and say, God, you got me up today. God, you've forgiven me a much. I'll give you all. That should be your heartbeat. When you realize what Christ has done for you and is doing for you, it should jack you up. Psalm 25, verse 6 through 7, David says, Remember, O Lord, your tender compassion and your loving kindness, for they have been from old. I want you to notice that. It says, for they have been from old. This is his character. This is the way he's always been. God is love. God is forgiveness. It says, Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your loving kindness, remember me. For your goodness sake, O Lord. Now listen, all of us live a little bit historical. Um, anytime we think of things we've, we've floundered on or we feel like we've fallen short on, and yet... The Bible says, hey, you know what? He throws our sins as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't bring them back up to us. The devil does. You need to remember that everything on that cross, whenever you embrace Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of your sin and the promise of eternal life, it says it is finished. It is paid for. You are not who you used to be by grace. You are not all you're going to be. But fourthly, to stay confident, you have to keep yourself Humble and teachable. Keep yourself humble and teachable. You've heard it said before. God's word says it's true. Pride comes before the fall. Pride comes before the fall. Those who are full of pride often tell God what they're going to do instead of realizing their full dependence upon God. Listen, you can't walk with God and be full of yourself. How do I know I've tried? I've tried, okay? We'll have T-shirts. We'll sell right after the service. Once was full of me, now I'm full of him. Actually, write that down. Um, we'll have to make sure. We, we, yeah, now, listen, I want to re remind you, the, just because you, you buried yourself today doesn't mean it isn't going to creep up on you tomorrow, okay? You have to stay humble, and you have to stay surrendered. Surrender is not an event. It is meant to be a lifestyle. Your life is meant to be an offering to the Lord. Psalm 25, 8 through 14, David says, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice, and he teaches the humble his way. You know why he can't teach the prideful? Because they're not listening. 
All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and goodness and truth and faithfulness to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my weakness, my wickedness, and my guilt, for they are great. Who is the man who fears the Lord with awe-inspired reverence and worships him with submissive wonder? He will teach him through his word in the way he should choose. His soul will, will dwell in prosperity and goodness, and his descendants will inherit the land. The secret of the wise counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he will let them know his covenant and reveal to them through his word deep inner meaning. Listen, we have to remain humble and teachable before God, continually submitting ourselves to him. By the way, did you know God knows when we've got a bad attitude? Just like we know one of our children have a bad attitude. And it doesn't mean that we love them any less, but God's going, listen, you know what? You know, I need you to, I need you to hear me. I need you to know I love you despite how you feel about you. I've got a plan for you. I want to I show you that plan. And, and, and listen, we want to pull back a lot of times because we feel more in control when we have the reins. You know why everybody likes to sing with Carrie Underwood, Jesus take the wheel, and yet many people do not give him the wheel because it's scary and it's new and it's different. And all that lets us know is, listen, the longer you've been used to calling the shots, the harder it is to let him call the shots. The longer the devil has had a hold of you and, and been pulling you and dragging you, the longer he wants to do that. He's like, listen, are you sure you're going to really be committed? You know, some of you, you're, you're in this place, and you're just, you're just a loaded miracle. You're a loaded miracle that you've, you've come this far by faith, but you need to know that God's going to take you further. It's not done yet. Listen, your best is yet to come if you put the rest in his hands. Listen, you got to keep humbling yourself before God. You have to keep a healthy fear of the Lord. You know, I have a healthy fear of the Lord. I don't sit back saying, oh, man, we're sinners in the hands of an angry God. But I don't take sin lightly. I don't take disobedience lightly. I don't sit back and try to play my own Jesus. I understand at the end of this life, God's going to give me my report card. I understand at the end of this day, the only person's opinion that's going to matter most is the Lord's. Listen, let God lead your daily mindset towards his daily mission for your life. But number five, and this is as big as any, to stay confident, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. We know this, but we don't do it often. Keep your eyes on Jesus. If our eyes are not fixated, if our faith is not fixated on Jesus, we will lose our confidence every single time because all of a sudden we run into ourselves and we're like, this is scary. I'm in charge, or I got to fix this. Listen, there are too many things that happen daily on a daily basis that can easily rattle you, alarm you, and make you feel completely, um, you know, uncertain continually. It'll steal your confidence. How do I know that? It does that to me every single week. Every, every Monday, in case any other pastors choose the line, somebody out there is probably going to tell me that I'm that I'm making a generalization. For those of us that are fully loaded baked potatoes like myself, I, I, I re-swear um, re in my oath to the Lord and to his service every Monday because I'm like, oh, my God, Lord Jesus. Why in the world would those people want me to be their pastor? 
How in the world can I do this? Because listen, I, I fall so short, I don't even know how to put it on a measure. Listen, the only right response for the uncertain storms that life does bring, will bring, has brought, is we must keep our eyes continually on the Lord. His power, His strength, His purpose, His plan, the sufficiency of His grace in our lives. Look at Psalm 25, verse 15 through 18. David says, My eyes are continually towards the Lord, for He will bring my feet out of the net. He knew that was where his help came from. He said, turn to me, Lord, and be gracious to me, for I am alone and afflicted. Verse 17, the troubles of my heart are multiplied. Can you, can you relate? Bring me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. It, it, the, the, um, the psalmist, he was going through the checklist. He's like, Lord, please forgive me of anything I've done wrong. And, and Lord, please get my eyes on you, Lord, because I've lost confidence in me. I've lost confidence in my situation. Lord, I've lost confidence in what I see, feel, and have done or can do. Listen, you are where you are because God has you there. But just because you're in a tough place doesn't mean you can't have great peace. Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, you know, in this life, you will have many trials and, 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 and sorrows, but to take heart because he's overcome the world. And he says, he says, in me, you can have peace. He doesn't say you have to have anything or anyone else. Um, oftentimes in my life, I do feel like I'm one of those people I really value relationships, so I, I do feel like I need people in my life. And I know God uses people in our lives, both our family and our friends. But the truth is, there's only one constant, and that's Christ. Not me, not you. That's why I tell you around here, we're trying our best. I'm trying my best the second go around that God, God has given me, not to lead people to church on the Craig, but church on the Christ. Okay, that church is going to stand if we get out of his way and let him have his way. But number six, to stay confident, you've got to keep remembering that God is your refuge. You've got to keep remembering that God is your refuge. Think about it. If you think that your peace is reliant upon your feelings of control or your control in general over the situation, over what is coming your way or you're going through, it's going to take the air out of your sails. We often have to remind ourselves, this is why we gather together as believers, we often have to be reminded not of just a scripture, but the refuge in the scripture. Listen, David knew where to run to for refuge. That's very important. If you don't know where to run to in your darkest moments, you will find yourself in an even darker moment. David knew the only true shelter helper, defender, and safe place was underneath the protective wings of the refuge of the Lord. Listen, he understood that when there is no other lifeline to grab, the Lord is our refuge. The Lord is our strength. It doesn't matter if we've only got one hand to hold, if it's the right hand to hold. He's the one who guards our soul and rescues us. And, and, and think about that. We aren't just guarded for life. We're guarded for eternity. There's a big difference. Ain't nobody and nothing else can offer you what Jesus has already offered you through the cross. 
verses 19 and 20 in Psalm 25, David says, Look upon my enemies, for they are many. They hate me with cruel and violent hatred. Guard my soul and rescue me. Do not let me be ashamed or disappointed, for I have taken refuge in you. Listen, David wasn't confident in his situations. He was not confident in his own strength. He was confident that God was his refuge and would be his refuge. That even if circumstances failed him, that God would not. Listen, David learned that he could trust the Lord always And he was choosing to do it again and again and again. And some of you are thinking right now, well, Pastor, you don't understand. I've already tried that. Well, keep trying it because that's the only thing that's going to hold you together and going to help you through and can give you confidence that you put all your eggs in God's basket. You don't have to worry about the basket. But last but not least, to stay confident, you've got to keep seeking to live in God's will. It always comes back to this. you got to keep seeking to live in God's will. Now listen, your, your, your salvation is not based on um, perfection. It is based on connection through Jesus Christ and believing, confessing your sin and, and, and confessing Jesus as your Savior and Lord, believing in his death, burial, and resurrection to help you overcome even the grave. But your peace in this life and, and your confidence in this life, it does come from from you knowing that you are walking in the center of God's will. Listen, you can't have the confidence of God without it. Anytime you know in your heart, and it doesn't matter what other people know, anytime that you know in your heart that you are not seeking to live your life in complete surrender and rightness with God, it is going to steal your confidence. Why? Because you know in your heart you're carving out your own path. But listen, when we know that our hearts are in tune to his heart, when we know that God is pleased with our attitude and actions, even though that always has to be kept in check, we can have great confidence in God because we know that we are seeking God's will and we are seeking God's way. Listen, our integrity before God, knowing that God is pleased with our heart, with our life actions, not in the past, but I'm talking about in the present, okay, in the present. Our integrity before God elevates our confidence. It doesn't elevate us. It elevates our confidence because we know both in private and in public, we are seeking the will of God the best of our ability. Look at Psalm 25, 21 through 22. David says, let integrity and uprightness protect me, for I wait expectantly for you. Oh God, redeem Israel out of all of his troubles. Listen, many people want the total blessing of God, but they aren't willing to walk with integrity before God. We're not talking about, again, you being perfect, but walking in a grace-made and a faith-led relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Listen, those who are seeking to live in God's will can have the confidence that only being in God's will can bring. You can have the confidence that wherever God guides, he provides. You can have the confidence that wherever he he guides, he will protect. You can have the confidence that whatever he's called you to or whatever he takes you through, he will equip you for the battle ahead. I want to recap these seven keys to staying confident in case you missed any of them or you just need to be reminded of some of them. Psalm 25, we see that David points out, here's the keys to staying confident. Number one, keep putting your confidence in the Lord. Secondly, keep letting God guide your steps. 
Thirdly, keep resting in God's grace, love, and forgiveness. Fourthly, keep yourself humble and teachable. It's the only way you can walk with him and he can work through you. Fifthly, keep your eyes on Jesus. If your eyes are on your circumstances, you'll always feel like you're sinking. That's what happens to me often. I'm like, okay, God, help me, help me lift back up and look back up. Number six, keep remembering that God is your refuge. Listen, you don't just have somebody watching over you. You have the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving, always-there God watching over you, holding you every step of the way. But last but not least, keep seeking to live in God's will. It's a buddy of mine used to say all the time, and I've never forgotten it. He said, if you do what's right, you can't go wrong. Doesn't mean things won't go wrong. But if you do what's right, if you put, every, if you put your little hand in God's big hand, you will get through whatever you're dealing with and hope and promise will be on the other side. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we just surrender all to you right now. Lord, we know apart from you we can do nothing, Lord, but yet in and through you, we can bear much fruit. We can do all things. We can get through all things. We can have the peace even in the midst of chaos. God, we can be assured of your purpose even when we don't have a plan. God, I pray, Lord, that you would meet each and every person right where they are. Meet them right where they are. Lord, if they've not yet given their heart and life to you, Jesus, I pray today would be the day that they admit their sin. They believe in, in your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for their sin, Lord, so that they could be forgiven and so that they could have the promise of eternal life. Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would confess you, Jesus, as their Savior and Lord, as they believe in your Son, Jesus, who died, who was buried, and who arose, giving them the chance of eternal hope. God, for those of us who we just need to get our, our faith dialed in to your grace, your peace, your direction, your confidence. I pray that we would just put everything in your hands right now. God, I, I just pray that each person would choose with me right now, whether at this altar or right there where they are right now. God, to just put everything to lay on their face before you, God, knowing, Lord, if we humble ourselves before you, you promise that you will lift us up, Lord, and in the midst, you will be lifted up in and through us. God, this time, God, we know what you've done before, and we trust you again and again and again. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand?